Thank you for streaming the audio messages of the Fountain Church. We're all in a different place spiritually or a different place career-wise, but it's something about relationship series that it just, we're, we're all there. We're all in relationships. We're all talking about relationships. And I think over the last few weeks, uh, there's been a lot of like elbowing, you know, to your neighbor, a little poking, or you, you kind of get that slow, slow eye look at each other. And it gets all awkward just because I mean, they're talking about you. They're talking about you, right? Uh, it's, it's relationships series are always fun. And so our series is entitled Relationship Rhythms. Um, the thing about rhythms is a, a rhythm is a consistent pattern or sequence. It's a consistent pattern or sequence. In fact, we just experienced a lot of rhythm in, in worship. And if we were off r- rhythmatically, if that's a word, you would, you would be able to tell. And so, 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 so rhythms are something that, that keep going. And we're talking about good, healthy rhythms in relationships. And the goal of this series is we want all of you to be able to operate in just good patterns of relationships. Let's just be honest. Sometimes relationships are difficult because people can be difficult. You can be difficult. I can be difficult. And sometimes it's just the rhythms aren't necessarily all there. But the goal of this series is we want healthy, rhythmatic relationships and relationships are by far the most important thing that we have here on earth. I mean, people say it all the time. You're not going to be on your deathbed thinking, man, I should have closed that deal, right? It's just, it's, it's, it's about relation. It's about this. And we're in church, so you might say something like, Pastor, I thought that, you know, my faith was the very most important thing in, in, in life. And, and, you're, and you're right, especially when you think of the fact that our very faith in God is the thing that brings us back into right relationship with him. That's the very purpose of our faith is so that way this can be made right again. And then we turn to those that we love and know and say, you need to know Jesus because you need to make this relationship. It's all about relationships. It's all about relationships. And so, so again, we're talking about, about rhythms and I want to talk a little bit about something that kind of messes up this rhythm, and, 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 and it kind of can throw a wrench into your relationships every now and then. It's just this little thing called offense. People got a little squirmy. It's a little thing called offense, and the title of my message is, Why, why are You Mad, Bro? <laughs> I hope I didn't offend anybody. Uh, this isn't a term to say that I'm talking to everybody as bro. It's a saying for those of you that you know, watch football. Richard Sherman went up to uh, Tom Brady and said, hey, you mad, bro? <laughs> um, so that's where I pulled it from. <laughs> Why are you mad, bro? Dealing with offense. Dealing with offense. You see, relationships, they're kind of like a dance. They're kind of like the waltz, if you would, if you would just kind of bear with me, you see, because the waltz is, and I'm not a waltz, you know, professional, but it's kind of like this, and, and, and you take a step forward, and you take a step over here. Hey, I got some rhythm, huh? It's like that. And so when you have your partner, you're, you're taking a step forward, they're taking a step back, and then you're, hey, right? And whoa, hey. And there's this rhythm going on in this dance. And then as you get better... And as you grow in your waltz, and then you start spinning, and then you start twirling your, 
your partner, because it gets more complex, just like relationships. But the thing is that there are, there are more and more opportunities for me to step on my partner, to hurt them, uh, step on them, to offend them. You see, in relationships, are, they're, they're just this dance. And, and, I'm, and we're, we're going to hurt each other. We're going to offend each other. But the question is, how long am I willing to keep dancing? Because if I stop dancing, then the dance is over. But as long as we're both willing to keep dancing together, even though we get hurt, even though we get offended, the dance can continue. To be honest, let's just be honest, everybody gets offended every now and then. Some of us a little more than others. <laughs> Again, don't poke at anybody. But do you, anybody ever know just that person that is just, just always offended? Always. I mean, they just look offended. <laughs> they sound offended. They smell offended. I mean, if, if, if there was a fragrance called offense, they would be the number one purchaser of that fragrance. They would be the picture. They would be the name on this fragrance. Samantha, bestseller, it's offense. Just people that just walk. I mean, I mean it's like... The, they look for ways, creative ways to be offended. It's almost like they go through their day, and if they're not offended in that day, something was missing from them that day. They live their whole day, they go to bed, and they're like, wait a minute. I wasn't offended today. Something's off. Let me get on social media real quick, scroll through, now I'm offended. Day's complete, now I can go to bed. I mean, they're just, they're just so used to just being offended, right? I remember one time I had my contacts actually switched for about two weeks in, this, in different eyes. Yeah, right? You would think, oh, but I didn't even know. <laughs> it, it, my eyes adjusted to the chaos. They adjusted to something that was not right. And sometimes we live our life just in this way of offense that you don't even know. It's just the way life is. I'm just offended. You look at me, I'm offended. You're just wait, waiting to get, whoa, whoa. You're just waiting to get offended. But I just want to answer four questions real quick this morning, four questions regarding offense. And the first question is this, if you are taking notes or if you're going to take a picture, I see a lot of pictures. Why do we get so offended? Why do we get so Offended. And if you have your Bibles, if not, we have it up here on the screen in James chapter 4. Why do we get so offended? If you can't see it, I'll read for you. It says this What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want because, or so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And then when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. Let me, let me kind of materialize this for you real quick. Let's just say, for example, there's this job promotion that's coming up at your job. And you're thinking to yourself and you're praying, God, God, please, I desire this promotion. God, please give me this promotion. I, I want it. It's what I've been working for. It's what, it's what I need for my family. So you're praying this desire. And then this covetousness starts to come in. God, Lord, you know Ann, and, you know Ann in, in accounting, she's just struggling. 
God, you know accounting needs me. You know I can do a way better job, God, than they're all doing. They're all knuckleheads up there, God. I could do way better. I'm so much better, so much more qualified. God, that job should be mine. That's how this prayer goes. And then you don't get it. Sue got it, and now you're just mad. You're fighting because there's this desire on the inside of you, and, 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 and when you don't get it, oh, when you don't get your desires, folks, you fight and you quarrel. You see, we have little children, and they cry when they're what? When they're tired, when they're hungry, when they're, when, when, whenever, right? Whenever they want anything, they cry. We've just learned as adults to verbalize it. So we're crying and whining like crazy, but we just use words now because we're smarter and more intelligent. But we don't get what we want, so we, we kill. We, 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 we fight and we quarrel because there's, there's something that I desire that I want, and I'm not getting it, so the fight is on. Paul says it this way in Galatians chapter 5. He says, so I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you're not able to do whatever that you want. And so what he's saying is this. He's saying that every single day, every single day, folks, there's going to be this battle between your flesh and your spirit. They're going to constantly be in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. What does that mean? Every single decision that you make, you didn't want to make it. Pastor, what are you smoking? <laughs> Every decision that you make, you didn't want to make it. You being here in church right now, your flesh didn't want to be here. Your flesh wanted to stay in bed. Your flesh wanted to go eat something. Your flesh wanted to relax. It's Sunday. It's the weekend. You getting up early in the morning sacrificing sleep to spend time with Jesus, to open up his word, your flesh didn't want to do that. You see, your spirit man's winning when you do that. Your flesh is winning is when you sit down and open up the Bible. And how many of you know this always happens? You sit down to pray and, and you just remembered you're hungry. <laughs> man, I didn't eat lunch. And then you sit back down. Now I got to use the restroom. And then you sit back down, I forgot, I need to reply to this text. It's just, it's just this battle that's always happening. Which one is going to win? You see, there's also those humble, faith, those godly, humble social media posts that we make every now and then, too. When you're sitting on your Ferrari, like, thank you, Jesus. I got my promotion. Hello, six figures. Your flesh won. Your flesh won. So you're trying to give Jesus and God praise, but you're sitting against your Ferrari like, hello, six figures. Like, now, what was your post really about? It's this battle between your flesh and between your spirit, man, that is never, ever going to end. And I'm not just talking about possessions. These desires that James is talking about, it's not just talking about money and possessions. He's also talking about the things like respect, that we demand, that we feel like we need, that we want. It's, it's the respect, it's, it, it's, it's the recognition that I'm supposed to get, that you're not giving me, and, and because you're not giving it to me, now I'm fighting. It's, it, it's the promotion, it's, it's whatever it is, it's the approval, all these things in life that we feel like we desire, but you're not giving it to me, and so now we're gonna fight. <clears throat> Am I making sense? 
these desires on the inside of us. Listen to what the cognitive theory, a therapy and research journal says. It says, offense taking is the perceived deprivation of what is rightfully due to a person, whether a person's needs, goals, or resources. Let me read that again. Offense taking is the perceived deprivation of what is rightfully due to a person. What that means is this. Every single time that you get offended, every single time you get offended, it's because somebody deprived you of something that is rightfully due to you. You owed me that. You text me, but you called them. Don't you think I deserve a call too? You invited them to lunch. You didn't, TFTI. <laughs> for those of you that don't know what that is, TFTI is thanks for the invite. You ever see that text to you? It's not a joke. <laughs> they say, TFTI, LOL. There's no LOL. It's, nobody's laughing. You didn't get invited, and now I'm offended. I'm offended. Or what about this? You, you, you open the door for somebody, and then they just walk on by, but they don't say nothing. What do you do? You're welcome. You're welcome. Or, or, or you're looking at something in the grocery store on, on the aisle, right? Somebody just walks right in front of you. Excuse you. <laughs> like, we believe that we are owed a thank you. We are owed an excuse me. And if I don't get it from you, you are going to pay. <laughs> Somebody's going to pay. Something that is rightfully due to me. If you do not give me what is rightfully due to me, then we are in trouble, folks. And you got to understand, too, that part of this is our development. Part of it is how we grew up. There are certain things that, that happened to you that you got, you didn't get. For example, let's just say um, in the Chinese culture, when, when, when the Chinese culture, when you are eating, um, the louder that you eat is a sign of gratitude, a sign of appreciation. It's a sign of, wow, I'm enjoying this. When, when, when the, the louder, when you're smacking your mouth and you're drinking it, mm, mm, right? <clears throat> In my house, <laughs> when I grew up, my mama, the louder I smacked my mouth, the louder I would get smacked. You understand? It's, it does, I mean, it, didn't, it didn't, doesn't translate. But because what I learned is that, you see, if there's a lot of talking and stuff going on and then it's dinner time and it gets quiet, it's because, wow, the food is that good. Like, people don't even want to talk. That's, that's how we, we grew up. <laughs> but if I were to go to a traditional Chinese household and, and, and be quiet and eat, I would be offending. And vice versa. And somebody in the Chinese culture would have come to my mama's house. We'd be in trouble. <laughs> Bro, stop. Right? <laughs> um, but, but it, part of it is just how we developed. And, and, so, and so what's happening then is, is we have all these laws, this list of, uh, of things and, that we have in our mind, and, and, and everybody is supposed to know them. Everybody's supposed to live in your world and know what your laws are. Everybody's supposed to. 
You see, Jesus always offended the Pharisees. Why did Jesus offend the Pharisees? In fact, in Matthew chapter 15, Jesus quoting Isaiah said this. He said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. He said, they worship me in vain, but their teachings are merely human rules. And the Pharisees were getting offended. Why? Because in front of the people's eyes, the Pharisees believed that they were living in a way that earned the people's honor, earned their respect, earned their their reverence. And Jesus was exposing their fallacy, and he was getting offended. Why? Because they thought they were supposed to get something that they deserved, and it wasn't coming through Jesus, and so they were offended at him. Listen, church, and I haven't even gotten into insecurities. <laughs> Whoo! We easily get offended in our insecurities. How many of you guys know there are certain pieces of the globe, certain pieces of land that are highly protected, and if somebody starts to dance around your insecurities... We easily, there's, there, there's a long list around our insecurities. I remember one time uh, I used to, uh, when I stepped into ministry, I became a pastor, I became a young adult pastor. And one night it was like, you know, great night. And I got home and I, and I said, hey, babe. And I asked my wife, I said, hey, babe, you know, how did the night go? And so I asked her for her opinion, right? And do you know what she gave me? She gave me her opinion. She gave it to me, and she didn't know, and she didn't know at the time. I was, I was, I mean, she probably did know. I, I was, I was dealing with heavy insecurities, and so to hear those things was like, oh no, Satan! I rebuke you in the name of. I mean, I, it, 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 it was, it was an error, but she was speaking truth though. She was speaking truth, but it was an area of my of my insecurities, and so once she started to tap around, it was like, oh whoa whoa, you're getting too close. Our insecurities as well and lead us to getting offended. So why do we get offended so easy? Well, wow, we believe that there's something that somebody is depriving from us. That's why we get offended. Question number two, what does unresolved offense do to you? What does unresolved offense do to me? And I'm gonna follow it up with another question and say this, when was the last time you didn't pay a ticket? (laughs) Or a fine? Um, just because you don't, you put, you tuck it away and you don't look at it doesn't mean it's going to go away. The popo is coming, right? All good. The popo going to come because it's just sitting there and it's just, it's adding and it's multiplying and, and they're coming for your freedom. They're coming for your paycheck. It's just because you don't look at it doesn't mean it's going to go away. Try it with your PG&E bill. I dare you. And so... And so what happens is we have all these offenses that continue to come and continue to pile up. And I'm just believing, church, that this is something that we're dealing with and that God wants to begin to set us free from this, begin to deliver us from an overwhelming weight and burden of offense. And right here in Matthew chapter 11, this is what Jesus said. He said, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. We, we, we know this passage. We've heard it many, many times. But what Jesus is saying is that there's a lot of burdens that you were never really meant to carry. A lot of things that are weighing you down. It's like you're trying to climb Mount Everest with a backpack of, backpack of rocks. I got this. And everybody's saying, no, no, stop, let it go. No, I got it. 
I'm going to keep pushing. But all the while, it's starting to weigh you down, starting to burden you, and starting to take its effect on you. If you haven't learned this already, you are going to be offended. In fact, you probably might, if you haven't already been offended right here in Fountain Church, you might have already been offended by me. Chances are very low. No, I'm kidding, but <laughs> chances are I might have even offended you. It's going to happen. I mean, in fact, just a few weeks ago, somebody close to me came up and said, hey, pastor, I'm, I'm angry, I'm hurt, and I'm deeply offended. And I said, man, what happened? So he went on to explain to me, and, and so I said, man, I am so, so sorry. Borderline almost in tears because totally not my intention, complete oversight. And I said, I am so sorry. I extended an apology, he accepted it, he forgave me, we hugged it out, and then we were good. We were good. You see, that was handled correctly because the offense came, and instead of allowing, because he even went on to say, I had to, get this, I had to get this off because I didn't want it to take root and start to develop bitterness and anger and resentment and all this stuff, so I had to deal with it. And we did, and we did it right. There's another story where somebody was offended because, and, and, and this is before, right? Um, somebody was offended because I wasn't able to meet with their child. And it, it progressed to where I got cussed out. And they relate to the meeting. <laughs> and somehow the offense grew and all of a sudden, bam, what? Um, there's this offense that was not, why? And I don't think it was just me. I think it was this burden. It was this ongoing weight that needed to be released. And unfortunately, I was the one that it was released on. But there's this pressure, this pressure that's coming as a result of ongoing hurts and pains. You see, there's a difference, church. There's a very big difference between having a valid reason to be offended versus walking around offended. An offense, is, an offense is an event. It happens, bam. Uh, um, to walk an offense is a way of life. Again, you're just always offended. I'm gonna do this real quick little exercise with you. Go ahead and put this picture up, Jay. All right, real quick, I'm gonna give you 10 seconds. Count the yellow balls. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> Count. Okay, stop. How many yellow balls are there? Okay, you have your number. I didn't count it myself, but I'm gonna trust you. 13, right? That's how many there are. Okay, do this. I want you to count the red balls. Three, two, one, go. Red. Okay, stop. How many? Okay, okay. <laughs> See, it's, it's subjective. No, so listen to this. Listen, let me tell you what this exercise just did. You see, because if you walk around offended, everything you see will be offensive. You see how you did that? You blocked out every other color. When I said, look at the yellow ones, bam, psychologically, you're able to block out the other colors and just see yellow. You see that? And so when you're always walking, everything is offensive. Everything. They didn't even look at me. Or 
did he just look at me? <laughs> He's looking beyond you, bro, beyond. Everything is offensive if you're walking around constantly offended. Unfortunately, a lot of people have left church and gone two blocks down the street to the next church only to come up offended there too. Got to be able to deal with it the right way because if we continue to let offense bury us and weigh on us, we're going to walk around stressed, angry, irritable, and all the like. Number, number three, and I got to hurry. Question number three, what does offense do to our relationships? <laughs> what does it do to our relationships? What's going on there, Pastor James? Right here, Matthew chapter seven, says this. Don't judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. Some of us have already failed, right? Do not judge. Stop. Issue. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. And it says this. It will be measured to you with the same measure you use. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when there's a plank in your own eye, you hypocrite, right? And it goes on. You see, we got the lumber yard in our eyes, folks. It's like this. But we can still see through to see your speck. You know why? It's a lot easier for me to deal with your mess than it is to deal with mine. <laughs> Chris, I see that speck, bro. Issues for days but it's easy for me to see your mess. It's easy for me to, listen, you give me your problems, give me your issues, I'll give you biblical principles, I can make your life great. <laughs> you know, just follow what I say. How many of you know the hardest person to lead is yourself? It's easy to look through all these planks and to see the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye. And so, and, and so is anybody in here, you're, you're newly married or you're engaged? Anybody newly married or engaged in here? Okay, some of y'all. Okay, how long you guys been married for? Engage, you're engaged. Give it up. Can you stand up real quick? Don't be too embarrassed. Yeah, stay standing, please. Look at young, good-looking couple. Look at how happy they look. She is all I ever dreamed of. If I could form a woman with my hands inside and out, it would be her. He is the, they said, they sat down real slow. <laughs> he is my knight in shining armor. He is perfect for me, right? Listen, nobody says yes to an engagement. Thank you. And nobody walks down the aisle thinking to themselves, I can't wait to divorce this knucklehead. You don't walk down the aisle thinking that. You start off like this beautiful couple, just so happy, so in love, so in love. And then over time, if offense and hurts and pains come in the middle of it, Stephen Furtick says it this way. You know what a bunch of specks make up? A bunch of hurts and all that? A bunch of specks are hurts and offenses. They make up a plank. You know what planks make? Offense. <laughs> I had to give Furtick... You know, that's good. I, I almost took it, but I had to give it to Furtick because it's true. It makes offense. And so what happens is we have all these, this chasm in between us because we're so offended and so hurt, we can't even see each other anymore. We don't see eye to eye. We don't walk together. We don't talk because there's this fence in between us. This is what offenses do to relationships. 
is it causes this divide. As Pastor Matt said a few weeks ago, he started off cute. It was cute. He's the life of the party. Everybody laughs at his jokes. He's just the greatest guy. And then over time, it's like, shut your mouth. <laughs> I mean, he's the life of the party. Now you're on the other side of the party going like this. Stop, stop, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> but it used to be cute, though. She gets all dolled up. I love it. And then it's like, hurry up. I'm hungry. <laughs> all these things started off nice. Um, every single wedding that I do, I always tell them this, that, that you see, it's a miracle that's happening. Two people are becoming one. You're going to walk out one person. But it's the enemy's goal to make that one back into two. It's just his goal. It's his mission to create a fence. Amen. And here's my last question is this. How and where do we navigate from here? Where do we go from here? You see, Pastor, because I'm just offended. I'm hurt. I don't know what to do. There's a lot, and I don't know what to do from here. I don't know where to go from here. Talk about rhythm. Like, there's no rhythm, if any at all, in our relationships. And so where do I go from here? And I want to look at the last part. Can you navigate back? I don't know if I put it on there, but the last part of of James, the last part of James that we opened up with. If not, I'll just read it. It says this. You desire, but you don't have, so you kill. You covet, but you don't get what you want, so you quarrel and you fight. Again, you're not getting what you want, so you're quarreling and you're fighting. But then listen to what he says. He says, you don't have because you don't ask God. And then when you do ask, you ask with the wrong motives so that you can spend it on your own pleasures. You see, what I've learned over time, church, is that too often we approach relationships with the motivation of what I can get out of it. How can you serve me? What can I get? Um, I've, I've learned over the years that as long as I was continually trying to find, to, to get my wife to see it my way, to hear it my way, to do it my way, the more and more we were just going to create this chasm. It's not about them always coming to do exactly what it is that we want or that or that we need amen i had to start saying to myself lord what is it that i can do better to serve my wife to serve my family because i can't tell you how many times i went into prayer and said lord this woman you gave me and because maybe we were arguing or we were we were, we were you know at, at a fence and and I can, I can lay out my laundry list and say, Lord, this, 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 and that. And, and I could have been, which is not the case usually, but 99% right. Let's just say I was. Lord, this, this, and that. God could still stop and say, yeah, I know. I know. I hear you. I, I hear you. I hear you, son. But there's still this that you could have done differently that would have changed the whole thing. You still could have did this differently. Oh, all right. Or God just might say, you know what? That happened, and sure, that was wrong. But let me show you why she reacted that, why they reacted that way. Because there's some hurts that you may not see all the time. There's some coworkers that you might be highly offended with. You don't go home with them. You're not living with their pain. And so you have no idea what they're facing day in and day out. And so they, God just might be able to show you, listen, have compassion instead and help you get through it. Amen? Last verse, Proverbs 19, verse 11 says this, a person's wisdom yields patience. It's to one's glory to overlook an offense. It's to one's glory to overlook an offense. 
And so you guys remember, again, this fence that's between, it's to one's glory to, to go ahead and take a look over it and say, hey, honey, I'm sorry. Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Can we, what, what can we do to break down this fence? What can we do to, to get this out of here so we can walk together and, and hold hands? And uh, what, what is it that we can do? It's, it's to one's glory to overlook an offense. You see, Satan knows as well as us in the book of Ephesians that says that our battle is not against flesh and blood. Satan knows that. And we know that from reading in the scripture in Ephesians 6. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, right? But as long as Satan can keep you fighting against flesh and blood, he don't got to worry about you. He don't even got to sweat you. Go ahead. Keep fighting against flesh. Keep fighting against flesh and blood. And then when you figure other things out, then I'll come back. But as long as I can keep you just fighting against flesh and blood, I don't even got to worry about you. It's not against flesh and blood. It's against powers, principalities, rulers of the darkness of this age. We got to learn to embrace the lessons of offense, but not the offense themselves. Amen. Amen. Would you bow your heads?